Where are you going on vacation, Justin? Beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Wait, isn't okay? So that's so, the city. Savannah, Savannah. Is that the Savannah. city that I'm that gonna travel Walking Dead uh, ends in? Is that a uh, spoiler? Yes, yes, yes. You're gonna visit all the hot spots. They actually do capture. Uh, I had Sid look at it because they we've been there a few years in a row. They have uh, the street where you first oh, meet. <laughs> All right, the street where you first meet the the woman with the pickaxe climbing thing. Yep. The street where you first meet her is actually based on uh, River bourbon. Street. It's a bourbon street in New Orleans. No, it's it's called it's River Street, the street along the river. Um, it's actually where they call where the closely. swamp people come and play down with the gators in the Zadico. <laughs> okay. Come on, boy, come on the bayou with me on the hovercraft. <laughs> all right. I don't know why there's a going to boil us a pot of frogs. This is all eat Louisiana, the, though. This is not Georgia. Going to eat their little leggies up. <laughs> Y'all seen that movie Princess and the Frog? Okay. I'm it's done. not Disney's finest animated film, but it'll do in a pinch. <laughs> okay. Justin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Christopher Plant and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Ross Frostick and I know the best thing of the... Wait, game of the week. Game of the week. No! <laughs> You've made it once again to the besties where every Friday we talk about the latest in sports. Water sports, polo, football, Please soccer, hockey. Polo shirts. Sports. Shirts. Bells. Mangoes. No, nope. I know where this is going. No, don't do it. <laughs> Ta- upgrades to Tom Nook. We're done. Store. We're done. Talk about it all here on the Besties. Uh, this week we're going to delve into video games a little bit. Um, who's been playing something this week they'd like to talk about uh, with me? I haven't been playing too much new stuff. I did pick up Critter Crunch in the Steam sale for a dollar fifty, which is rather nice. But that's an old game, so I'm not going to bring it. What is I, it good enough. though? It's, it looks so it's, charming. Oh my god, it's the cutest. Wait, is that the is that the is that the puzzle one that Cappy did or yeah, is it the Capybara. platformer? It's Capybara's game. It's a it's a puzzle game wherein you yeah. are a furry guy and you make other little creatures eat themselves. It's awesome. What's that puzzle? What's that puzzle game where you're like the mama monster, not like Lady Gaga, but you're the mama monster and you have to like throw like your kids yeah, yeah. across Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah, that's that's precisely what I was thinking of. Thanks, Russ. Sure. Um, so I didn't play anything new, but I did play um the game of reading the news and this week i would say the best latest flip-flop of microsoft <laughs> uh not a, not a not flip-flop. a flip-flop but the best not a i guess surprise kind, an- kind announcement of a kind of i mean they didn't have a okay well let me get to it and then we'll discuss so uh was essentially their announcement that the uh, xbox one will support self-publishing uh, and they will have a solution for just about anyone that wants to get a, get a game on Xbox One will be able to do so through their whole system. Can we address the fact, just so I don't have to edit it out, that, some, <laughs> that there is either a very persistent bird stuck in your walls 
or somebody is very rudely doing construction like inside of the microphone. Yeah, so we've discussed before that I uh, live in New York City uh, in an apartment, and one of the issues with New York City is that I have no idea who my neighbors are, and I'm surrounded by many domiciles, whereas I'm sure your guys' houses are, what, a country mile from the nearest living person? So I don't actually know who's making the noise, but someone somewhere within a hundred meter radius is drilling something. So, but I have a lot of I have a lot of bleating that I have to worry about from the goats. Yes, and uh, the, when the wind comes comes whooshing whips, through the through the, soy, through the soybean fields. Yeah, and I have to worry about when Fresh Milk Danny comes by to deliver fresh milk. Mm-hmm. I have to be ready to answer the door because if I miss the delivery and, for that week, and the breeding growls of the black bear. Do you, do you guys have issues with, like, seeding biplanes? Like, they go over the cornfields and they just, like, shoot at people in the cornfields? No, they're, just, they're, all, um, they're all drones. Oh, groovy. They're all unmanned. Um, so I want to bring this uh, news item about Xbox uh, bringing indie games back, I guess, um, because it's a pretty well, major deal. I, w- I would say their whole um, uh, E3 story, I mean, I think the story that many, many people came out at E3 remembering, apart from the fact that the, the difference in price and stuff like that, was the fact that Sony was pushing heavy on the indie side, dedicated half of their E3 booth to indie games, whereas Microsoft had one indie game, which looked very good, but one indie game mentioned on their stage, and that was pretty much it. I do not think that was... Well, I mean, they had Minecraft. Booyah. I do not think that that was as big a story as the DRM. I, I would, that I would agree. Bigger, that wasn't way bigger facet of how Sony was totally handing Microsoft's assets sure. to them. The DRM um, was definitely a big part of it. Um, but now that that's moot, this was, yeah. I think, another thing that people were remembering. Honestly, when I talked about the Xbox and the PS4, I would always say, well, you know, the Xbox has, you know, some good uh, exclusives. I'm looking forward to Dead, Dead Rising 3. But yeah. clearly the indie war would be won by Sony because they were the one, only ones showing indie games on their next console. Yeah. So um, now uh, Microsoft is coming out and they're saying everyone's going to be uh, free to make their own indie games. Not only that, in a surprising move, which I actually think is very cool and forward-thinking, any Xbox One that you purchase can actually be turned into a debug unit that you could then use to test indie games on. Yeah, basically making it a dev kit because a lot of a lot of games can be made in like a, a PC environment, but at some point in the development process, you have to have you have to have the dev kit. To yeah, you want to be able to throw the game on there and make sure it runs and all, right. you know, it works with all the menus and everything like that. This is not just excellent news for them; it's excellent news for us because I don't actually know how much we're allowed to talk about because usually debug units come with a pretty firm NDA. I mean, um, we could say that we have them and that they're a pain in the ass to them. get. We have them, but speaking speaking from experience, I don't have any right now. And they are. Some uh, some are easier to get than, than others. Some companies are way more willing to put debug units in the hands of journalists. Yeah. Um, like several per outlet. Some are, like, fucking impossible. I, there are there are debug units for some some pieces of hardware that we still just have never been able to get. Do I don't think have, I've yeah. ever been able to get it at any outlet I've ever worked at. Yeah, so it's definitely, um, that's helpful to us. It sounds like that's not going to be the case with Sony. It sounds like we would need a physical PS4 debug. I'm not 100% sure of that, but that's my impression. Um, so that is actually a boon to not only game makers, but also journalists. We also got those figures from most us. important. Most importantly, <laughs> the only people we really care about is ourselves. We got we got those figures from a source or several sources yesterday that the 
PS4 dev kits were going to be $2,500. So wow. Pretty, now that doesn't mean that they won't. I mean, that but mean yeah, that's that's the other thing. Who... Pretty much everybody, we're pretty sure that's developing a PS4 like indie game right now, got those units for free on loan. Which which apparently Sony is like more than happy to give them out to. People. Well, but so not, not really... to tens of millions of people. I mean, I would say that's the difference. Is like Sony would physically need to mail you something, or you need to spend the twenty five hundred dollars. Whereas uh, for Microsoft, theoretically, again, this is all still. Uh, and this is something early. that will not will not be ready at launch. This is something right. that's going to come within the year. Right. But theoretically, um, pretty much anyone that wants to pay the licensing fee, and if it's anything like XNA, which I believe is $100 a year, uh, mm-hmm. pretty reasonable licensing fee, you could then have the capability of putting your game on Xbox. Now, we don't know what limitations there are, whether it'll... How, like, we we how, don't know a lot of shit. We don't know a lot. Xbox. So I'm not going to speculate too much. But it, the... the um, moral of the story the end result is that this is great news like there's no question this is a good move for microsoft to make um it brings us closer to essentially having you know the ios or uh android i guess uh level of freedom in terms of getting games on a system i'm sure there will be a lot of curating and microsoft will See, that's, highlight that's, a lot of games that's the, that's actually the this the the big question right. for me Mark- and why i'm I'm a little hesitant to to get too excited about the news. It's um, it's universally exciting for developers, right? Because they don't have to like split a split their profits with another company when they fucking don't need to at all. Like the, when they can yeah, just develop with the, another the publisher, they still need to split some of the profits with Microsoft, obviously. Right, right. I, there's there's you know a pretty flat fee for that, which I imagine probably doesn't change too much from platform to platform. But I really don't know. It's usually you know, seventy Apple, thirty is the norm. Yeah. Um, doesn't Apple take a little bit more than that, though, for yeah. iOS? Pretty sure it's 70-30 pretty yeah, much across the board, but I'm not 100%. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not gonna pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You're gonna pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you wanna have a nice, easy solution? Save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Um, but it the one thing that Xbox does have going for it that is a result of this this publisher model, and I am not saying that it is worth the trade off at all. I think this is a good move, but it is like you can pretty much bet that most of the stuff that's going up on the store is going to be pretty fucking good. Not just because like. Microsoft has any hand in curation, but just because for people to go through the effort 
of the the Herculean effort of getting a game on Xbox Live Marketplace, and they must have some extreme faith in their product that it's going to be able to recoup. I I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that. It sounds to me like it's just as easy of getting something on like Xbox Live Indie games, and there are a lot of crappy Xbox Live Indie games. So you're saying it's equally easy to get something on Xbox Live Indie games as it is to get something on Xbox Live Marketplace? No, I mean like Xbox. What's going to be you know Xbox One's market is that's right, the impression right. I get. What I'm saying is that that's something they're going to have to deal with, but at the same time, how do you deal with that without... We, we interviewed Mark Witten right when this news came out yesterday, and he said that he wasn't going to create any kind of ghetto, right. quote-unquote, to, to you know stick indie-developed games in. It's, it's going to be, I think, kind of difficult for them, as it has proven difficult for several other manufacturers, to come up with a system for uh, sorting through the, the shit for the good stuff... Um, without sort of kowtowing to, to the major players. And stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, it's a lot to take in. And, and it's, it's, not just, it's, a, it's not just about, like, how hardware works. It's also about how much they support it. Like, it's not enough just to curate it and give it placement because Sony takes these indie developers and works with them and provides support for them, sometimes very, very directly through the pub fund. Um, and you know, works them into their PlayStation Plus campaigns, works them into their ad campaigns. Like, I I don't know. I think Microsoft is going to have to, it's not just going to be enough for Microsoft to make ease of access to their platform easy. Like, if if I were an indie developer, like, I would still, if, if Microsoft doesn't answer back with that level of support, then I think I would still go for Sony just so that, you know, they're so fucking helpful. Yeah, I think the problem with Microsoft's messaging from day one with the Xbox One is that they don't give examples of what they're actually doing. They give these very big ideas that are all paper ideas, and they say, we're not going to get into the specifics. We don't have any firm examples of what this actually means yet, but trust us. And then people freak out, and they go, okay, we'll do the opposite, or we'll change it. <laughs> and, and it just keeps evolving. So at this point, until that box comes out, I... And putting little faith in everything, or at least until they say, here's the plan, and here's an example of that plan working. And I think Sony is the opposite. Sony is, like you said, they have pub fund, they've gone out and they've you know, gotten all these indie developers to basically give them something to put on their system for the first year while all the major developers are wrapping up whatever they have. Right. And I think Microsoft's mistake is just continually, it's, it's complete vagueness, and it feels like inside baseball. Like, I mean... We it get does. excited about this, and I know some of the developers on Twitter do, but I, I am sure there are more people than not who, who couldn't give a shit. The, the proof is going to be in the pudding when these games do or don't come out and do or do not perform well. I, I, I think that the trust comes in, and, and Justin, you said that it's not really a reversal, and like maybe not in the context of Xbox One, but I think in the, in, in the context of Microsoft as a whole in terms of... of consoles goes not for not for pc but for xbox because the policies that sony has incorporated into playstation 4 are the exact same ones that they've had for ps3 and ps vita in terms of drm and in terms of self-publishing while while microsoft is basically like basically throwing everything out and 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 starting over um so i i i I am more worried that the xbox one is going to come out and then will kind of flounder for a few months while they sort of incorporate this late game shit that they're that they're trying to change 
Well, I, I think the PS4 is going to come out and be a much more, I don't know, solid product where everything sort of works the way they've, they've intended. I'm a Sony crony. <laughs> just say it. Just call Just put a name I'm to it. I'm just going to call fine. what it is. Sony crony. Well, that's exciting news. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Uh, tell what, Chris Plant. What's, what's going on with you? Uh, so, so What's that happens in your life? I got to play a game for our Today I Played video series this week that I probably would not have played otherwise called Earth Defense Force 4. Uh, you, you know Earth Defense Force, right? Have you played those? any of those? Yeah. Why wouldn't you have played this? You love these games. Wait, have, have you not played these, Justin? Oh, I, I played... Uh, the first one and then the terrible one after that. Okay, yeah, the one that was made by Americans or Europeans, yeah. somebody. Yeah, uh, that one was bad. Yeah, so if you've never played one, you play as an Earth Defense Force, which is kind of like the Starship Troopers, but on planet Earth. And Earth is being taken over by giant bugs, basically, I'd say about the size of an RV or maybe like a city bus. Um, and then increasingly larger uh, robot monsters, uh, some the size of skyscrapers, uh, UFOs that are about the size of the ones in Independence Day or ID4. Um, but what makes the game so special, besides it being a buggy mess with actual bugs, those glitch bugs, I, I can see how I might confuse someone, um, is everything is destructible. Uh, and giant, massive buildings come tumbling down if you shoot them with rocket launchers. Uh, and there are dozens, I guess maybe hundreds of weapons in the new one, and all sorts of new characters to play as. Um, and do characters it, it, matter? They do in this one because in old uh, Earth Defense Force games, you're pretty much always a pretty basic soldier. In the beta one, you could kind of fly with another character. Uh, in this one, they have the soldier, they have the flying character who kind of feels like a Power Ranger. They have a uh, kind of tank-like character who can carry lots of huge heavy weapons and basically walk through everything. Um, and they have a support role who can call in vehicles. So you'll pick beforehand like what type of vehicle you'd want and you will have you know a tank airlifted in and dropped on the bugs if you want. Um, he also has the ability to nuke like an entire city block. Do you uh, find the realism like too daunting? The, well, the problem is like I'm always I'm always wanting to you know blow up buildings, but then like the character development is so strong and powerful. It's like an instant yeah. play, you know. Like because I'm like, oh no, Ugh, you know. God, can we go a single cast without some literary reference? Okay, it's like uh, it's like a Thomas Kincaid painting, you know, because <laughs> the light is just too beautiful. <laughs> um, is the one on Vita good? The one on Vita is excellent. It's just the one that was on 360, though, pretty much. Like the the first one from 2006. But what what oh, okay. bums me out about this game or this series is I played the uh, the first one on 360 like right after the console came out, maybe a year or two after, and I thought this is what action video games were going to be like, big open world, uh, everything is destructible. Things like the monsters I'm fighting, you know, they're five, six, seven gajillion times larger than I am. It's just felt very big and next-gen in scare quotes. Um, and then no one else did it. Like, they, the, the, the next game to do it was this one, like, made by them. A uh, little game called 99 Nights. <laughs> oh, God. That game was awful. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, what about Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, Dynasty Warriors is the closest comparison, but you can't, like, blow up a city. 
And it, it seems like <laughs> everyone got so distracted with pretty graphics in linear storytelling that they didn't realize, you know, sometimes it's just fun to have absolute devastation. What about Do you Crackdown? Know what I loved? This is uh, Crackdown's a pretty good example. Do you yeah. know this is a slight um, non sequitur, but do you know what I loved about that first Xbox 360 Earth Defense Force game? What? It only had six achievements. What? <laughs> it, it had six achievements. I if that. I'm not, if I'm, I think I'm remembering correctly. There no, were six I think you're right. Designed for the game six difficulty settings. Yeah. So like you would beat it on its easiest setting and get like 125 points. And but it would like I don't put, think they were nested. So like you'd have to literally beat it on every. You would have to beat setting. it six different times. That's ridiculous because the game's so long. Because I yeah. mean the problem with the game is every level's almost the same. The the monsters just they get taller, um, and, and that I mean that changes because you know maybe they'll throw a lot of small monsters at you and some big ones, um, but it's the perfect game that should I wish there a new one would come out at the beginning of every console cycle, because I can just pick at it for thirty minutes here and there, for eight years and I will be totally happy with that. And which is why this one's so depressing, is it came out on the fourth of July in Japan, which. They're taking our day. Like, if you're going to have a game about fighting aliens from outer space, and you're going to release it on the 4th of July, it better come out in the United States. And it didn't. It came out in Japan. Mm. They're not releasing it in America until February, six months after it came out in Japan. And by then, everyone's going to be all lovey-dovey with their new, their new video game machines. Who's going to play this? Yeah. I don't know. Especially it's sad. a game that looks like it should have come out in, like, 2006. Yeah. <laughs> it does not look super pretty. Ah, but it's so fun, and that just <laughs> bums me out. Like it's, it's just what about bad. tanks, tanks, tanks? There's one. Oh, that game was horrible. Yeah, really. And bad you bad. couldn't, you couldn't destroy everything. Yeah, no. sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I, I thought that game would be good, but no. See, so yeah, that's um, mine. It's just you know, it's a sad story about how Japan always gets the best games. How did you play it? Uh, I downloaded it on the Japanese PSN store via a Japanese account that I created with a fake address. I don't yeah, know if I, I should include that, that in the podcast. I thought they closed that loophole. Uh, well, not for me. Can you can you read all the Yeah. Can you read all the characters? Oh yeah, it's real basic stuff. Do you know what was sad? Was I didn't know you could read to... Japanese. Of course I can. I mean, it I took think... like, you know, just I I, I use a game packs and then I you know, kind of fumble my way around. I mean, they're just pictures, so you just describe what the pictures are. So, like, starfish, signpost, happy face. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't... I, I trust me, there's not a happy face. <laughs> trust me. Um, no, I couldn't... I couldn't invert my Y-axis because it's a shooter. And I figured out where the option menu was, but the option menu had, like, 30 different things that I could yes or no on. And then it ended up not even being something that was a yes or no question. But don't worry, um, I figured it out. It's probably because there, there isn't a, uh, there isn't a, a character for Y, so they just say fuck it. <laughs> We're not gonna let anybody change. Right. Uh, so that's mine. Uh- Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, What's going on for halftime, you guys? Have you... What's that? Is it the drilling again? Russ, can you turn down your mic? I think there's some drilling on your end. Oh. Yo. What? Oh. Hey, yo. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Was, were you just birthed? It sounded like giving birth. Hey. Besties. Is me. New York oh, Giraffe. Our smoothest transition I, yet. I just wanted to say I ain't feeling so good lately. So it's been a while since I've been around. It's been a, cu- a tough couple of weeks. Oh, it seems like only yesterday, even though we do this podcast weekly. Yes, I agree. I just wanted to say, I don't know if you guys heard where I've been. It's been, uh, it's been a bit harrowing, to say the Let's least. Let's the fact that we're talking to a giraffe. I, can't, I don't even know if we did or not. Do we just, I don't think, maybe returning like super fans know that we're talking to New York Giraffe, but. Yeah, it's, it's New York Giraffe. Hey, yo, it's Welcome me, New York giraffe. giraffe. That's oh, fine. Yeah. Okay. Just no, one giraffe. For, for just you know, for the people who might not know, you are a giraffe. Yeah. What else would I be? And where are you from? I'm from Long Island. Okay, got it. You know, it's funny, New York giraffe. People always come around. We uh, 
we, we used to get a lot of complaints about New York Giraffe's appearances on the podcast. Why is, why then, would they complain about well, me? I'm I'm a it's it's, it's right. It's we, pretty racist. We didn't address it and they stopped. It's racist towards giraffes. Complaint. I'm a giraffe. What do you want? They stopped complaining about it. And I think the uh, the reasons they stopped listening. Be- so I, you know, they all people always these things always shake out. Besties, besties, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Did yeah. you see my performance on July the fourth, several weeks ago? I missed that. I must have missed. You that. missed I was it here in West Virginia. I don't know where it was. I had been training for months, months, for one day, July fourth. This was my one chance. On Stillwell Avenue, Coney Island, mm. oh yeah, the did, hot dog eating be... contest. You did not see me perform oh. at the hot dog eating contest? No, I only saw like people with normal necks. You're right. Well, not, You're no- not entirely normal because they could swallow hot dogs like a snake swallowing an egg, but more normaler than yours. You are 100% right. I have been training for months to get into the world famous... Hot dog eating contest, 4th of July, Coney Island. I get there the day of. I'm hot. It's sweaty. I'm wearing a tank top, which is really tough to find for my neck size. And I go to, you know, sign up. Tank tops don't have, like, neck components. They have a giant cavity for for necks to fit. Even most normal giant cavities of tank tops are not big enough for my neck. Okay. And I go to show up and sign up, put my hoof print on one of those papers to sign up for the award, for the competition. And guess what? They turned me away. Can you believe it? They? Is it because you're an herbivore and anybody with a goddamn lick of sense in their head knows that? I ain't an herbivore. I eat pizza. I just assumed it was cheese pizza. Sure, but t- t- cheese don't grow on trees, buddy. Griffin. Anyway, <laughs> they turned me away. Who's <laughs> Buddy Griffin? They turned me away, and where Buddy, Griffin, Buddy Griffin was a vaudeville sensation in the forties. Oh it's, it's a private, I'm a Buddy private Griffin. love of, of New York giraffes. Where was I forced to go? I had to do the offshoot competition with Kobayashi, that mm. no one paid attention to. No one you saw me perform. Did you guess see what? I broke the record from from SB Nation. What? You know that Dan Rubenstein hosted that event. You, I mean, I assume you know that because you were there. I was there, but I was focused on the competition. I oh, broke okay. the world record for hot dog eating. Uh-huh. Well, your neck is so long, you can just, like, jam 50 of them in there so, and still be, like, good to go. How many How many did you do Yeah. yeah so, in the course of 10 minutes, which is the norm, 1,500 hot dogs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is a considerable... The current world record is Joey Chestnut with, with 69. So that that is an impressive. But you'll uh, note that my record is not posted anywhere. There was not world famous ticker tape parades for me and my well, that's world because record. It's, I I hope to fuck you were disqualified because that's great. Like non humans shouldn't be able to participate in the thing, or else like a drinking well could participate and just like somebody could throw fifteen hundred hot dogs down a drinking well. There's nothing and, in the rule book that says a giraffe can't participate in the competition. What about just large holes in the ground? Can those be in the hot dog eating contest? No, they're not sentient. Anything that's sentient can perform. Turns out, just holding the hot dogs in your neck do not count as ingesting the hot dogs technically, according to the rules. That's unfair. I completely agree. 
But man, I would have liked to seen the vomit you did afterwards. I bet it was just a hazard well, zone there, huh? Well, truth be told, they just sort of came out as full hot dogs. They didn't really look too chewed up. Couldn't you take this to an orphanage or something and help them? I don't know. I, I let people know on Twitter that they were there. I don't know if they ate them. <laughs> just left a pile of giraffe saliva soaked hot dogs. New York Giraffe, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we we hope that you'll never join us again, and uh, we we hope that you'll stop now. <laughs> hope you're done. Oh Thanks. no, that the window is shut on his neck again. <laughs> I'm Hopefully, still with enough force to sever his his giraffe spinal cord. New York giraffe will be back in 2014. <laughs> oh God, Perfect. his disembodied head is just talking, <laughs> lying on the carpet. This is disgusting. Um, he's di- he's died before, hasn't he? I, I think he's probably every time we try to kill him with fiction. Um, let's talk about my game because it's it's a nice transition from Chris Plants. I mean, the transition that has been completely wrecked by giraffe hot dogs. Um, it's Attack of the Friday Monsters: A Tokyo Tale Ooh. on the 3DS eShop. Oh man, I heard this was. Did good you play this in Japanese? Pleasure. Um, the narration in the game is Japanese by, by default. And by default, I mean, it's the only option that you have. Um, but there are, there are, uh, subtitles. It's, it is a delightful little game. It is, if I were to give it a best designation, I would say the best length that a game has ever been given. Cause it's, uh, it clocks in at just like a little over three and a half hours. If you really take your time with it to, to do everything that they're is to do um i i reviewed the game the review should be up soon um but it is not really what i expected and i don't think it's going to be what most people expect when you see like a trailer for it because you see it's about this town um tokyo uh, like on the outskirts of tokyo uh where every friday giant monsters attack kaiju if you will um if you learn i know that word if you learn that word during pacific rim i did um, but it's not like an action game about those monsters and the you know Ultraman-esque superheroes fighting them. It's about a group of kids that live in that town. And the story is told like entirely from their perspective, by which I mean all of the dialogue is, you know, between the kids, it's all about the the wonderment and mystery of why there are monsters in this town. Or it could just be about, you know, this new student who just moved in. Or when you talk to the adults, like, they talk to you as a kid. Like, you're in, all of your in, interactions with this town are childish. Um, which is, it, it's super, super refreshing because it's kind of impossible not to get in that mindset. Because they never even really do fully explain why there are monsters or aliens um, and the plot is like pretty nonsensical, which just lends itself to you trying to interpret this, I don't know, madcap story. It's a very difficult game to talk about as you're discovering. What are you doing? You're just talking to people? It's sort of, it, it's been billed as a life sim, um, okay. as somebody like just living in this town, going around talking to people. But like this story is actually fairly linear. It's told through a series of uh, quests that it actually calls episodes. And really, all that you're doing the entire game is running from person to person and talking to them or maybe competing in a little um, mini game. There's like a little card game, mini game that the, that is that you can play. 
Um, and really, you're just like running from person to person, moving their individual storylines along, while sort of also progressing this overarching campaign about this giant monster that's that's kind of attacking the town, but nobody's ever in any imminent danger. Um, there's also a TV show that is filmed about the monsters in this town. There's also like a power plant or something in the distance that's just producing a lot of pollution. Um, so like, it's kind of up to interpretation about what these monsters are, whether they're just an optical illusion because of this pollution or whether they're just giant props for this television show or whether they're the result of this alien invasion. Um, and it like never really clears that up, but <laughs> the, the angle of the game is that it's just like a nice little short, little refreshing game about being a little kid. It's kind of like a, I compared it to being in like a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. It kind of reminds me of Costume Quest, like a Japanese. That, that's how idea when, when you were describing it, I was thinking com- yeah, Costume minus, Quest. Minus the you know not so good fighting parts of Costume Quest. Yeah. But but a lot of you know not really puzzles so much as just going from place to place in this like really rich world, and it's beautiful. I mean that's the other thing is the game looks really nice. What's the art style it, like? Are you talking about Costume Quest or are you talking about? Oh Friday no! Monsters. Well, both, but uh, Friday Night Monsters is. Um, f- yeah, the art sounds great. It, it, I mean, it, this this comparison is getting super rope, but until we find a better way of talking about it, it's kind of what I have to say. It looks like a Studio Ghibli movie. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. It sounded like the way you're describing it sounded like Totoro or something like that. Which is, I guess, appropriate because like Level Five did, yeah, you know, Kuni, but this is a Millennium Kitchen game. Um, or FLCL, do you guys know that anime? Yeah, fully coolly, sure. Yeah, so um, I, I it like looks great, and the music is like absolutely fantastic. The theme song is sung by a little kid, oh, and the theme song is almost entirely about how much his parents love him, which Aww. is like it's <laughs> it's, it's so nice. Gosh, it's damn so, adorable! It's really it's it's a very very nice game. It, it's just kind of like what's frustrating is that you fall in love with it so 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 quickly and so deeply and like the world is so nice and it's it's kind of this little nugget of virtual tourism that persona 4 was actually really good about where like you felt like you were a member of this community and you knew everybody um but unlike persona which gives you like a shit ton of things to do and ways to interact with the town really the only thing you have to do is go around and talk to people to move this story forward or play this, you know, one card game. Yeah, if I, th- I think if Persona was three hours long, I probably would have liked it a lot more. Because <laughs> that's about as long as I played it. <laughs> right. Um, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome, though. And that's... I don't know. I, I, I guess it's the better kind of frustration to have than a game that does go on for 100 hours and, like, you feel like you've just been doing the same shit over and over again compared to a game that like just doesn't give you any more once you reach that point where it's you're just so deep in love with it yeah that's um, how i felt about limbo limbo was like the perfect length of a game yeah um i it's it's not like it's probably going to be fairly forgettable like i'm i'm not going to bring it to my game of the year lists or whatever at the end of the year but like it really is nice that there are games like the like the the Guild series has been super good about delivering these kinds of games like Starship Damray and um, that uh, game was weird. That game was weird and but it was like neat and not super expensive and like I'm glad that that there is some sort of outlet for people to 
to make super experimental games like this for the 3DS. Um, because, like, if you are a collector of oddities who, like, relishes in shit like Mr. Mosquito or Guitaru, man, like, it's, it's, this definitely is gonna, what is I really gonna like, fill that void for you. Yeah. What I like about it is that it's not that weird. Sometimes what I can find frustrating about Have you finished things, it? No. I'm, I'm not okay. super far. It um, gets I, fucking I mean, weird. Okay, then I'll uh, then I'll stop what I was gonna say. But yeah, I I, I I'm disappointed that there aren't more games like that that aren't in a relatively normal world because I feel like the indie or like small game default is to just make it as weird as possible. Right. Um. I don't know. It. It's not. It's not weird in the traditional sense. Like it's it's art style and like the mood of the game is actually fairly straightforward it's very um it's very goonies-esque and like it's very easy to appreciate it at at face value for what it is um it's just the 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 storytelling that it dips into gets um gets pretty out there is the pirate ship surprising or yeah Yeah. it comes out of nowhere it's uh it's on the eShop. it's eight bucks um i i i like it a lot i wish that I kind of wish they'd release like all seven of the guild games on on a single like purchase cartridge because I would really dip my beak into that. But I think that's kind of contrary to the idea of the of the series. Um, that sounds fantastic. I'm glad I already got it. I'm looking forward to playing it soon, and I encourage everyone else to do the same because I get a cut. I don't, but it'd be nice. Uh, I want to talk about my game. It's Remember Me. Do you guys remember that? I super don't, actually. <laughs> yeah, Remember Me was uh, uh, didn't make much of a splash when it when it first came out. In fact, I just got around to uh, to finishing it, and uh, man, were were my feelings ever mixed about that? I want to talk about the best uh, best mechanic with the worst implementation, uh, and and that was the idea of memory glitches. So to step back a bit, in the world of Remember Me, you are a memory hunter who memories have sort of been commoditized so people can get their memories changed, their memories removed. It's total recall, essentially. Uh, yeah, there you go. And you are a, a memory hunter. One of your abilities in in this game uh, is to remix someone's memory. And what that means is you leap into their memory. You're watching a memory they have. And you can alter certain things in that memory to try to get a different outcome. Mm. Um, when you do this, are you saying remix? I was privately, of course, saying remix. Okay. Uh, Nilan, the lead character, does not. Uh, what she does say in another point of the game is this little red riding hood has a basket full of kick-ass. So <laughs> in case you're wondering about whether or not you should play this game, the answer is almost certainly no. But that's a really neat idea for a mechanic, and uh, in one of in, in what sort of like de rigueur for uh, remember me, it is not well implemented. Um, you n- jog through these scenes, which can be up to five minutes long, by twirling the left stick like in a rewind, like like you're jogging, you know, uh, like rewinding left or right yep. by by twisting the stick, and you can often go minutes through this video where you're or it's a memory i guess but you're rewinding and fast forwarding uh and you're literally having to do that for long stretches of time just sitting there 
rewinding the the scene uh and you have no idea of what you're actually trying to do or what you're trying to trigger and there are usually you know six or seven different glitches that you can trigger and there's some combination of them uh that that let you progress so in one scene uh i had to uh in 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 one of the earlier remixes i had to convince a man that he had killed his wife so the scene at first was about her leaving um him and he had a loaded gun on the table and at at, so basically what i had to do is i had to knock over a wine bottle using that memory trigger and then uh take the safety off of his gun and then uh, retract a stand, uh, uh, retract a, a cup holder, basically, so that w- when he fell on the wine bottle, he wouldn't kill himself by falling and hitting his head. And you're given no like insight into how these all work together. Uh, so you're basically getting this really neat mechanic with this really neat idea. And, and oh, by the way, when you rewind past a glitch, you actually undo it, and it takes about mm, 15 seconds of just sitting there rewinding the thumbstick uh to to undo the glitch so it is the most ponderous sort of uh mechanic it's it sounds like the mechanic sounds like from this great idea like is it similar to ghost trick it's that's not a terrible comparison thank you justin uh (laughs) sorry that that was less generous than i meant to be it's not a bad comparison but you it's the act of actually having to physically rewind through the scenes it's this great example. It, it's boring and it sucks and your thumb hurts. <laughs> and it's this great example of like, hey, we got a good idea. Would that be fun? I don't know. It seems cool. Do but it. You want it to be easy to rewrite somebody's memories. It, not everything in your life is going to be handed to you on a fucking silver platter, John. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. I wish it was more fun to experiment with these scenes. I guess it's the problem because they're so sort of poorly constructed you know, sometimes you'll <laughs> you'll like trigger a uh, an electric socket. Like I'm going to short that out. Okay, cool. So you watch the entire scene and nothing happens <laughs> and nothing interacts with it. So it's like, well, okay, why'd I short that out? I should rewind and see what I did wrong. But if you rewind past that, it undoes it. So Ugh. if you figure out later what you need to do, you have to rewind past the second thing you did, rewind all the way to the electric socket, trigger that, and then fast forward back again. And trigger the second glitch to see if that's the right combination. If it's not, you have to start all the way back. Okay, to the but as somebody who fucking loves old Sega CD FMV games, like yeah, that's what Ned, this sounds like. Like, what the fuck? Why would you not like this? That's literally <laughs> well, all made, those games were. They're made. These people are made of polygons, Griffin. If they're real people, oh, I, we'd probably be having a game of the year conversation right now. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, that's Remember Me. It's such a frustrating game because there are some really cool... The combat's really neat. There's this neat... Um, you have you you can personalize your combos, so the button presses are always the same, but you have these things called pressens that you... Pressens? Uh, pressens. Like, like, yes, pressens that you connect to... Like, you have a stock of them, and you can insert them into the combo wherever makes sense. So you have, like, three... X button pressings that refill your health. Uh, you're gonna have to say this because it just sounds like you're saying P R E S S I N. That's what it sounds like. P R E S S E N. Oh, that's pressings. much better. <laughs> okay, 
It's not a word. Give that so. button. Give that there button some pressings, and you'll knock these dudes right out. I mean, it is called. It is connected to button pressings. Uh, presses. It's called pressings, so it's not a good name. Oh like God! Now, I want to make a video game just so I can include that in the tutorial. If you want, <laughs> if you want to make Mario jump on that goomber's head, just make him do a couple button pressings. <laughs> Hold down that B uh, button, give that A button some pressings, you're gonna jump super good and super high. <laughs> it is it is a neat idea though, so that's cool. Like you can make a whole combo that's gonna like refill your health and, and you know whatever. I other just gamey bullshit. But I, I just want Capcom so badly to to do a new IP. That that's a new IP. Really, I t- that works out really well for oh, them. Oh yeah. Is what I'm saying. I just want them to make. What about Dark Void? Works out well for them. When was the last time? No, that that's happened? no. This is like this absolutely fits into the Dark Void. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like canon. <laughs> it's like Capcom with these new IPs. Capcom's like, well, you can get to the end, <laughs> publish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can finish it. Let's get that out. What was the last both, one? Dead Rising both, was the last time they like actually had a good new IP. Like, new IP that was good that they made. Uh, I mean, Dead Rising is the last one I can think yeah. of. Dark Void was, like, this great, wonderful idea yeah. that is bad. Horrible. That looked, that got me so, so, so hyphy. I was I was more hyphy for that game than I've been for any other game that came out this year. You don't understand the, the heartbreak we felt in the press we, when that game came out. Ju- because like Justin and I played demoed. that game together. I think it was over, like, a Christmas break or something like that. We reviewed that game together. And, man, just, like... The self-justification that tried to go on from level to level, like, well, maybe we'll get the jetpack soon and keep it this time. Like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> nope. Nope. Didn't happen. Same. Maybe the next air combat will be fine. Didn't. Couldn't. <laughs> Actually, the last, last Ace Combat game was pretty good. Oh, yeah, Ace Combat. Um, but that's not, that's that's not, not really new Capcom, idea. but anyway. <laughs> that was Namco Bandai, wasn't it? Yep, Namco. Yeah. Yep. Then what are you talking so, about? So who's going to win this week? I think Griffin wins. You know, I gotta be it honest. It did seem that seemed charming. I, I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, congratulations, <laughs> Griffin. So, I don't want this. So, no, so I don't want this one. Uh, Why? Uh, okay. Why? I'm just saying my shelf is getting like super full. I make myself a little trophy every Are time. Are you worried about like uh, like hanging stuff off the walls and not having like good support structure? I'm more worried that my house is gonna become like too valuable and like yeah. it's just going to become a really big target because of all the platinum for, for robbers our yeah, budget's in trouble of, too paying for all these trophies is like, i make them out of purest platinum yeah um okay so you lose griffin congratulations who won uh, who won though the rest of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> the last fair. of us won the last <laughs> of us uh th- you wasted another hour listening to besties uh we're sorry about squandering your precious life minutes uh but we hope you'll uh, do it again with us next friday in the meantime Go to polygon.com. We got lots of great stuff. You want to type in www.polygon.com and then give the enter button some presents. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of good stuff there. Uh, if you could go to iTunes, give us a review, a nice one, not like an honest one. And uh, we're so happy to have you. We hope that you'll make this journey with us again next Friday. Uh, I won't be here, but I'm sure someone will. And uh, thank you, dear friends. We love you. And. Be sure to join us again next Friday for the besties, because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best things? Besties!